Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. I'm joined by a longtime friend of the podcast, Jonathan Cleefot. What's up, man? What's up, Chad? Thanks for having me on. Uh, glad we were able to record this twice. Uh, double your pleasure. Uh, yes. Once again, I forgot to hit the record button. So uh, I think uh, I always like to give everybody a dry run is what I'm going to start saying. Hey, that's perfect. So before we get into the Whiskey Bible, we're going to learn a little bit more about you since it's been a while since you've been on. Uh, the first time around, I made a joke about your first whiskey that had to be Crown Royal because you're a L fan. I won't do it again the, quite the same way because that would be predictable. So what was your first uh, whiskey? Uh, first that I can remember was Wild Turkey 101. Had to be Crown Royal. No, not oh. Crown Royal. Okay. Well. Definitely not. <laughs> and uh, so we went over this once before. Uh, what? Was it a person or was it a bottle that got you into uh, the bourbon game? You know, uh, like I said before, I, I kind of started, you know, drinking, got into Bullet really big, uh, you know, progressed from mixing it with Coke to On the Rocks, drinking it straight, and and uh, started seeing some of the other bottles uh, that were more popular advertised and kind of on the shelf. And, you know, I don't know if it was kind of anything in particular that got me jump started into it. Um, other than just looking around online, seeing what people were offering, grabbing up a few bottles. Uh, I did meet a couple, a couple great guys in the very beginning that kind of helped me figure out my way and um, just kind of progressed up from there. All right. And, best whiskey you ever had best pour you ever had probably the best pour i've ever had is a uh eight-year-old smooth ambler old scout from frugal mcdougal i knew you were an old scout whore well of course i am (laughs) um all right so let me see here well we'll start out with this question there was a we're gonna try to do two episodes just to be completely honest with everybody uh, the second op- episode is going to be completely questions that we got from Facebook or got, I got from Facebook. But this one sort of ties into the Whiskey Bible. Um, so I'll ask you this first. Has BTAC overtaken Pappy as the bourbon lineup to chase? That's from Troy and Speakeasy, Wisconsin group. Uh, it, for me personally, I would rather have a BTAC than Pappy at this point. Um you know, I've I've had almost I've had all the pappies except for the twenty three, uh, but I am definitely more into the barrel proof stuff now. Um, I'd say most, if not all, I think the BTACs are barrel proof. Um, you know, if I could get my hands on a Weller retail or a Stag at retail, something like that, I would probably be more apt to crack it than sell it or or trade it for something else where is if I got a pappy first thing I'm going to do is post it Eagle rare and Sazerac. I think are the two that aren't barrel proof. Yeah, that's right. Um, has it always been that way for you or is it, did you used to be a pappy chaser? No, the, I mean, back the whiskey, the day, not the old man. Too, you cut out on me. Sorry about that. I said that. the whiskey, not the old man. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, everybody started out, I think, looking for pappies. It's just, it's it's what brought a lot of people into the bourbon community. Um, couldn't say that's what brought me in, but it was definitely a part of it because they were just worth so much. If you could get a hold of a pappy and flip it, you could buy, 
you know, a couple, two or three other bottles that you've been looking for. Um, and I would have to say that the Van Winkle line was a little bit more sought after uh, in the beginning of my bourbon, I guess you could call it uh, career or obsession or Journey. collection. <laughs> um, but anymore, if I'm looking for something to drink, I, I would rather at this point have a BTAC. I mean, the first the uh, first pappy I ever had, I went to Corbin and sat outside for like, uh, I want to say it was nine hours. I remember that day. I was second in line, and I got the pappy twenty, I think, and I had it sold before I even paid for it. Yep. <laughs> but I sold it for nine hundred dollars, which was amazing at that point. But now it's like that's almost a two thousand dollar bottle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're getting up there pretty high. I remember um, I did, I cracked a bottle of Pappy 20 when my little girl was born. And uh, it, it would have to take something as big as, as that for me to open open another one. <laughs> Bigger. Yeah. Twins. I don't know about that, man. That'd be rough. <laughs> You'd have to sell it for sure then. <laughs> Twins, uh, selling everything. All right, so we're, we'll go ahead and get into... Uh, the whiskey Bible for those who don't know, uh, Jim Murray is the guy who writes the whiskey Bible every year. Um, he sort of looks like, uh, a cross between, uh, the doctor from back to the future. And, uh, you know, any crazy old man, basically is what he looks like. It's not even a cross. He just looks like a crazy old man with an Indiana Jones hat on back to the future. That's great. (laughs) So, He puts it out every year, and every year it's, yeah, very little changes. It's BTAC, 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 Pappy, uh, Buffalo Trace. So this year, not much change. But we're going to go through it, and we'll talk about each one of these a little bit, uh, see what we have to say about it. So his number one American whiskey of the year 1792 foolproof. That's that's super interesting. I, um, you know, I don't even know that I've actually had that, to be honest with you. You haven't had a foolproof? Not, not 1792. No, just because there, I've had a few expressions from 1792 that I wasn't a fan of. So I didn't really seek out the foolproof. I didn't, I didn't want to waste the time or money to worry about it. Interesting. The foolproof picks are probably one of my favorite, like, go to. Uh, I don't want to say value because it's a forty-five dollar bottle, but it's a it's a nice value for a full barrel-proof product for forty-five, fifty bucks. Um, they've always really. I mean, I've only run across a couple that weren't good at all, and those are mostly done by people that really don't give a shit, like uh, Benny's or the big stores, right. But yeah, I'm I amazed that you haven't really delved into the 1792 since it is a relatively inexpensive whiskey. No, I kind of got, I tried the sweet weed and the, uh, the port finish, neither of which those I, I liked enough to really seek after again or to, you know, look for any of their other stuff. I, I thought it was okay at best, you know, um, 1792 to me is it's just always kind of been there you know 
a, a cheaper brand. If I'm if I'm looking for something in that price range, like I said, I'm a big fan of Bullet. I'll probably go that route instead. I'd rather have probably a barrel proof from Bullet than I would a full proof from 1792. You might need to check out a couple of these picks, man. I think you would change your mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lots of Lots of like bananas and like a banana nut bread is pretty prevalent. Uh, quite a bit of fruit. Every once in a while, you'll come across one that's a little overcharred. I don't know if they just got an older barrel or what, but eh, it is seventeen ninety two at the end of the day, so it's not going to be consistently awesome. But it's definitely one of the ones that I've I've probably got twenty picks of open here. Wow. Yeah, see, then I'll have just another another bottle habit, and I'll have to get all the seventeen ninety twos because I'll want to try them all. Well, if you ever make it up to Wisconsin, I'll just let you try some of mine, and you can figure out what you like first ahead of time. I think I'm on my way right now. All right. See you in a little <laughs> bit. So his number two, surprisingly enough, is uh, William LaRue Weller. Yeah. that's. Um, I've had some good William LaRue Wellers. I've only had like three, but they've all been good. <laughs> That's one I would really like to get my hands on and and not have to pay a bunch of money for. Well, hopefully, Aaron's going to let me have a William Lee Weller or a Stag this year if he gets one. I'd say so. And then I have you, to open it because he sold it to me for cost. He only you know bought like four barrels from there, so well they ain't sold yet. Go buy some Starlight. Get off this! Get off this call and go buy some Starlight, Cleefoot. I've got some Starlight. We'll have to talk got, about that new Lou pick too. That new Lou pick's gonna be pretty good. Uh, we'll see. It's, you're, it's che- you're officially it's one for two with me. Good. You know, I'll let you. I'll let you in on a little secret. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, that was more between uh, the other two or three guys that were with us that were involved in Mythical. But once we dumped it and it got a little bit of air in it and, um, you know, they were straining it out. That took some right off the right off the char, man. It was actually pretty good stuff. I think it I think it may turn out OK. All right. I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, so number three. Another, another really, you know, can't believe he did it. Uh, handy is his third. Yeah, handies are pretty good. I, um, I've had a few of those in my time for sure. Very good rye. Um, golly, what year was it? I think it was a fourteen or fifteen handy that I had one time. That was probably the best rye overall that I've ever tasted. And his, uh, his rye of the year, obviously, is uh, handy. Yes. Since he, he gave up his uh, he gave up his hand, so to speak, <laughs> by, by putting it in his top three. Yeah. So, so some more uh, specialized things that he, he awards he gave. Uh, yeah, I, I did air quotes. Nobody could see him, but I did them. <laughs> uh, no age stated single barrel. His pick is. E.H. Taylor's bottle and bond. I haven't got a hold of a single barrel yet. I've been looking for one, not real hard, but I've had some of the small batches and 
you know, the small batches overall have been very, very good. So I can only imagine what a uh, a single barrel would be. The only only age teller I've ever had has been like when I first started in the whiskey uh, game or journey or whatever you want to call it. Somebody gave me one, I think, or I just bought it because I like the tube. And yeah. then I tried it and I didn't like it very much. But that was early on when I wasn't too into stuff that was uh, hot. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff that I have gone back and tried now that I didn't particularly care for early on that, uh, you know, I, I really do enjoy. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good pick for a non-age stated there. Um, I, like I said, I enjoy the small batch, so I can only assume that the single barrels are just as good. So moving on, uh, his next is nine years and under. You'll like this one. Uh, Russell's Reserve Single Barrels. Mm. Russell's, Russell's, Russell's. Another one I haven't been able to get into. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, hearing stuff from uh, you and and Ben Pickett. I was talking to Patrick Grace about some Russell's Reserve stuff the other day. Um, I even talked to Tyler up there for it at the liquor store the other night a little bit about it. And I just, uh, you know, everybody's like, you need to try this one or you need to try this one or, or you should really try the berries and this and that. And I'm like, you know, I just, I've tried a couple of them. I just can't do it. Interesting. I would have thought that would have been right up your alley too. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't sat down with the right people and tried the right thing. Maybe you're just being a snob. That's probably mostly what it is. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. His 10 to 12 year old is Elijah Craig barrel proof age 12 years. I wasn't aware that they age stated their barrel proof or anything really anymore. I wasn't either. I didn't, you know, if they do, it's not prevalent or you can see it. Um, but golly, speaking of Elijah Craig barrel proof, the um, I went and picked one with Aaron a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's it's good, it's great. It's a shame that they're not going to be able to bottle it barrel proof because it's a it's a special barrel. He gave us the gave me the option to take that as a as a mythical, and I was like, uh, I think I got enough right now. Yeah, that'd be a good one to do. You know, next year or something, if we can get in and do another pick, because it, it was nice. It was a good experience. Um, you know. I think we picked from three barrels. Um, two of us picked the barrel that we took, and then it was kind of split the other way. But it, it was fun. It, it's just it, it's it sucks that they won't let you barrel it at the proof that you taste it that day because it's just so good. I, I don't know what it's gonna. I don't know what's gonna happen when they proof it down thirty points with water. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing about taking those barrels that that have to be proofed down after you taste them. They should yeah. almost not even let you taste them at barrel proof and just proof it down and give it to you. That's what, um, well, they didn't, you know, at bullet, when we went and tasted bullet, they actually had their, their whiskey already proofed down to one Oh four, which was actually really cool. So in theory, you should be getting, you know, very, very close to what you actually tasted. Pretty accurate. <laughs> All right. So next is 11 to 15 year old shocker here. Happy 15 is his pick. 
What? No way. Uh, yeah, I know you can't believe it. Can't uh, believe that one. I almost thought he was going to do a Kentucky Owl or something like that, you know? But no, he went with Pappy. We, <laughs> we don't really need to talk about that. We don't no. really need to talk about any of these two, these last two, really. But 16 to 20 year old, he went with Victor's 20 year old Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Mm. I haven't tried that one. I've got a 10 upstairs that's open and it's really good. So I can only imagine what 10 more years could do for it. Uh, Anthony Fournier up here in Wisconsin let me try one of his and it's, it is pretty good. I'm not a huge Mictors fan, but I, I, it's. It's good. I mean, I, Ricky Mungle was like the Mictor's Rye fan of the year, but I always thought it was really good, but he loved it. Yeah, that's, I, I think, uh, yeah, that's who I got my Mictor's bottle from. You were down here for that. Yeah. Uh, that's when we did the first uh, Smooth Ambler tasting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the final one, uh, before we get to the really interesting, uh, fr- the, the meat of this discussion, well, this isn't final, I guess, then, if we're getting to the meat of it. Oh, well. Pappy Van Winkle, 23-year-old, is the 21-year and over. I can't comment much on that. That's the only one I haven't had. A lot of people say that it's over-oaked, but a lot of people say that it's really good. Um, I, think, I think I would enjoy it because I do like stuff that's super oaky. Um, you know, I can only imagine what it tastes like. Uh, you know, being sweet and oaky, or maybe it just sucks. I don't know. And his uh, his Knob Creek is Knob Creek cast strength is his uh, rye up to ten year old for the year. I bet that's a good one. I bet it really is. I'm I'm starting to venture into more rye. Uh, that's pretty much your fault because you're doing these driftless Glen picks, and and now uh, we got one coming from Nashville. So. Uh, I'm getting more into rise, and I bet that's a really good rye. I would guarantee it. And we got another Driffle Glen coming for the end of the year, too. Woohoo! Uh, so the last two, well, it's one top. It's one uh, award, but there's a winner and a runner-up. This is probably the one that makes me most want to pull my, my, my hair out. U.S. Micro Whiskey of the Year. Take a guess at what his number one is. U.S. Micro Whiskey of the Year. Yep. Golly, I wouldn't even know. Yeah, uh, it'd be something that Wade Woodard would like. <laughs> I mean, you'd probably pee in a bottle and. Like, <laughs> I didn't say that, Wade. I'm just kidding. Not that Golly. he's listening to this podcast ever. <laughs> uh, Garrison Brothers is his winner of the year. Really? Yeah. I've been afraid to try them too. He he got <laughs> he got testy with me the other day because I commented on Chris Hart's page about how uh, somebody on one of the big podcasts said that can, Texas whiskey could never be over ten years old because it would be black or something like that. <laughs> I was like, uh, well, that's that's dumb. But Texas whiskey is terrible, and. Uh, I said, I think Texas whiskey is terrible, but that's a stupid comment. And then Wade got mad. How are you going to make a blanket statement? Have you ever had? There's 26 different distilleries down here doing grain to glass. And I'm like, I don't like it. I've had it. I've had five or six, and I haven't liked any of them. It's okay for me not to like it. I didn't say they were all garbage. It's just okay for, yeah, it's like. They are all garbage, but (laughs) I didn't say that. Well, you just did, so... Well, I did on the... I didn't say at that point, so he got his panties in a bunch too early. 
<laughs> Maybe he uh, he missed his wax for the day. That's a possibility. And his runner-up is 291 Barrel Proof Colorado Whiskey. Colorado? What if we had that? Have we had anything through Mythical out of Colorado yet? No. We almost did uh, uh, Old Elk. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the one we were talking about. Yeah, we almost did it. Now they're all coming. There's a dude who just picked one of those bourbons up here. It's like a six-year-old, and he's wondering why they're not moving. I was like, because it's a $65 or more than that. I can't remember. I think it was 65 for for a six-year-old whiskey bourbon that nobody knows anything about. Yeah, I was going to say, because we – I remember trying some of those uh, at your dad's place last year and um you know i picked one of them but i didn't think any of them were great and i knew they were going to be kind of expensive well the ones we had uh i don't i don't remember if we had a bourbon or not i know we had the the high the high malt because that was their thing at the time oh, they had yeah, the high that's malt. Right. yeah those were the the malt ones and the um oh what were the other two there was rye yes yes and then I think he ended up sending me bourbon samples, or he didn't. I can't remember because I sort of started, I started, I started waffling because I didn't really want to do it at that point because that was when I first started doing a lot of barrel picks, and I didn't feel like that was the direction I wanted to go right off the bat. Sure. All right. Well, we're at the end of that portion of the podcast. We're at like twenty-two minutes. So that's pretty solid. Uh, you have any questions or anything you'd like to say closing this one out? No, I think, well, I mean, I guess the only thing I would like to say is I would like to see um, a little bit more variety, maybe, in the Whiskey Bible. Everybody knows that the Pappies are good and the B-Tacks are good. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them kind of venture out and and support some of these other distilleries and and, uh, you know, just, just pick something different for once. You know, we all know what's good, but we want to know what, what's up and coming that's good, too. That's very well said. Why don't you email that to him? Yeah, if I can remember it, I will. <laughs> it's Jim McMurray at WhiskeyBible.com. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.